0: Go ahead, take your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Ah, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to move somewhat quickly uh, this morning. Um, Do things a little differently, and you'll see what that looks like in just a couple of minutes. You should be sitting on the edge of your seats when I say that. Your life is never going to be the same. Is that too big of a promise, you think? Oh, I think not. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to go ahead and read our passage together with you and then jump in, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, Paul says this, Now grace has been given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who ascended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we'll no longer be Little children, tossed by the waves, blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit, but will be speaking the truth in love. So let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. So if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know as we've been walking through the book of Ephesians what we have been taught by the Apostle Paul along with our brothers and sisters who were in the Ephesian church is we have been taught that that God has taken a people from a variety of backgrounds, whether it be ethnic backgrounds, linguistic backgrounds, academic backgrounds, financial backgrounds. He's taken all of these different people from different backgrounds and he has made them into one. Not now, Now they're not uh, unanimous people or uniform people, but they are unified people through the work of Jesus Christ. And And so we don't all, when you think about the body of Christ, the church, the family of God, the people of God, we don't all look alike, we don't all sound alike, we don't all act alike, and to be very honest, there are times, even in this building, because that is true, you walk away from a conversation with somebody scratching your head. How in the world does that person think? Am I alone in that? I just think about you church members when I talk to you like that. Is that how this works? No, 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 no. We're so different. There's times we walk away and be like, they are so very different than me. Let me tell you something really important. That's not an accident. It's not an accident. What God has done is he has drawn together the right people in the right place at the right time for your benefit and for his glory. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 is a verse that I want to leave before you today so that you consider it for days upon days upon days. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says this, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. He's talking about you, the church, the body of Christ, the family of God. He has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. It is not by mistake. And he has done that again for your benefit and for his glory. He's done that so that you would continue to grow. He he tells us that's the whole goal of this, starting in verse 13. He says, We're all until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. We we as a body of believers, as a church, are going to grow. Now, when you hear a church talk about growth, it often reverts back to a metric that is so measurable, like numerical growth. The number of decisions that are made in a service. The number of baptisms. The number of new members. But what Paul is saying is, if that's the way you want to gro- uh, measure growth within the body of Christ, you might as well go to Mount Everest with a yardstick and try to measure it. Because it's not going to work. You measure the growth of God's people, not by those metrics. You measure the growth of God's people, he says it very clearly at the end of verse 13, by the fullness of Jesus Christ. You are to be measured, compared to, aligned with the fullness of Jesus Christ. As you grow, you are to become more like Christ in your completeness. The whole goal that Paul is talking about here in chapter 4 is maturity. And, and, and listen, when I say maturity, I'm not talking about eating dinner at 4.30 and going to bed by 9. Although, I have learned, that's not too shabby. Kind of enjoy that. what no, he's talking about a maturity... He's talking about it, what he's talking about, it, and he explains it in verse 14 and 15. He says this. So then you will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning and cleverness in the techniques of deceit, but instead speaking the truth in love. Maturity is, is pictured in verses 14 and 15 with that contrast. Verse 14: So you will no longer be like little children who are tossed by very big waves. You guys know I like going to the ocean with my kids and playing in the waves. You go with a bunch of little kids and a big wave comes, kid's getting tossed. Actually, I have a new favorite thing. This is very embarrassing. Um, I'm addicted to fail blog. Those of you that watch YouTube know what I'm talking about. It is video after video after video. It makes America's Funniest Home Videos look like nothing. But it's video after video after video of people falling. It's awesome. So I will confess right now if you're walking out of here and you fall I will laugh first and then I will come help you. But one of the greatest things on this is you get these people going out on the rocks by the ocean. And and do they not watch TV? You know what's going to happen. There's waves and what happens when the waves come? You get smoked when you're on the rocks. But there they are in their fancy outfits like, we're going to get the greatest picture ever. And they go out and they stand and they're already like, oh, it's a little slippery, but okay, let's smile. And then behind them, you see this monster come and you're like, yes! And it happens. It hits them. They go flying. There's times, actually, it's a little scary. There's times when waves hit people and then there's no people. That's a, it's like, oh, I hope they're Okay. And every once and again, they flash this little note up, like when there's accidents, they driver. like, driver was not injured in this accident. You're like, oh, good to know. But then they show accidents and they don't put that up there. You're like, oh, no. That was free. Sorry. Got a little carried away. The problem is that many of us, when we are taken to task about our core beliefs or principles or convictions, when we're challenged about the things of Christ, we respond like the small child who's being tossed around in the waves. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I mean, they're, they're saying some, some angry things about Christianity. They've attacked my foundation, and they're being relentless. I don't even know where to begin. What am I going to do? And, and Paul says, no, 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 that's immaturity. Maturity is when you are able to yield or, or, or field some of those attacks, and you don't yield the truth, and you speak truth while maintaining a love for the individual you are speaking to. It's being attacked online, it's being attacked in person, it's being attacked wherever you might be, and instead of retaliating with similar language, maturity in Christ, measuring up to Christ's fullness, is being the one who speaks the truth in love. So that's what we're going for. How do you get there? Well, we don't have to guess, even though a lot of people do guess, um and i'll tell you this it's not in the latest and greatest book that just came out that every author wants you to buy the answer is given to us by paul and he tells us first the first way we the first thing we need in order to grow into this maturity is we need the gifts that only jesus can give us at the very beginning <coughs> excuse me in verse 7 grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of christ's gift for us. it says when he ascended on high he took the captives captive he gave gifts to people. What Paul is doing, he's quoting Psalm 86, which is painting the picture of a a conqueror who is returning home after being out in battle. And he's gone into battle, and he's won this huge victory, and he's just whooped up, and he's coming back into town. He's riding on his, his stallion, and behind him are carts upon carts upon carts that are just overloaded with treasure, overloaded with gifts. And as he rides down Main Street, Right? And the people gather at the side to cheer him on for his wonderful victory. As he rides down the street, he begins handing gifts out to the people who have, who have shown up to congratulate him, who have shown up to celebrate him. And, and as he passes by you, he, he throws you a gold coin, and now you got one of those too. Jesus Christ, who has conquered every enemy in every dusty corner of the universe, is the one who now gives gifts to every believer for the building up and the maturity of the body of Christ. He's not talking about "I'm giving you grace for salvation." Here, he's saying, "I'm giving you grace, which is the ability to perform the task as assigned to serve His people." And this is profoundly important for every single one of you to grasp today. The church is weaker if you don't offer the gifts that Jesus Christ has given to you to serve other people with it. Church is weaker. It all begins with Jesus. He won the victory on the cross. He declared the victory at the resurrection. And what he has done, and I love this phrase, he's taken the captives captive. You hear that? I mean, you think, he's rescued the captives. That's a different picture, right? You go into the place, you open the door, quick, run, everybody out. But here he says, no, he takes the captives captive. It's a little bit more aggressive than that. He goes into the room and he grabs you and he's like, you're mine now. Hey, you're in Jesus Christ. That's what he's done for you. You're his now, and what he has done is he has given grace to each and every single one of us. And if Jesus Christ is the one who had given us that gift, how can we possibly complain? You know, you're not here on accident, right? I mean, literally, here, sitting in these seats, it's not an accident because God has arranged each one of the parts of the body just as he wanted. In order for the maturity of the body of Christ, in order for the, the body of Christ to grow, we need the gifts that only Jesus can give. And then he continues, verse 11, we need leaders for the church. 11, and he himself gave, him, gave some to be apostles, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. It's going to seem a little self-serving since, hey, I, I'm a leader of the church, so be careful with this one, but biblical leadership is needed for the people of God, the church, to become what it's supposed to be. So as he walks through this, his list isn't exhaustive of all the gifts. You can read 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 and find a a number of the other gifts that are actually given. But what he has done here is given us a list to help us kind of get a picture of what's happening in the church. So you need a basic understanding of some of these gifts. He says he has given some apostles. So the apostles in Ephesians appears to be speaking about the original 12 disciples minus one significant one named Judas. Uh, But then Matthias replaced him and then the James, the brother of Jesus, and the apostle Paul. That seems to be who they are talking about. And what happens is those apostles are the ones who are laying the foundation of the church, unpacking the mystery of the gospel to all who would listen. So there's apostles, there's prophets, there seem to be those who preach in association with the apostles. Think about this fellow named Apollos. And, and, and so while we may see portions... Of of those giftedness in people, the um, and, and and some of those portions of uh, apostles and prophets, some of those pieces parts might be functioning today. We don't see those exact roles anymore. He continues, says now there's apostles and prophets. Then there's also evangelists. Evangelists are the ones who are to be busy about sharing the gospel. Here's a problem. Every single one of you is responsible to be sharing the gospel. So you're all evangelists. Yes, but this specifically is talking about the one who has a unique gift in this, and they're helping the early church. As the foundation is laid, the evangelists are then sharing the gospel, and we're seeing the church grow. And then he comes on top of that and then says, pastors and teachers, it's the ones who, who, think about it this way, foundational apostles, prophets, the evangelists then help the church grow, and then pastors and teachers are the ones who are supposed to be feeding and leading the church as it gathers. Biblical leadership is necessary, it is needed, it is commanded so that the church, the body of Christ, the people of God would grow and mature. What kind of leaders are needed within the church? We need leaders who lead not out of professional perfection but out of beautiful brokenness. The leaders of the church must be people who are relationally driven, not programmatic in their approach. They've got to be people who are willing to sacrifice and give out of the stewardship of love they have for the people who call Uniontown home. The leaders of the church must be people who aren't afraid to share their entire being with those who they lead. The leaders of the church must be a people who never get over the fact that God loved them so much that he provided his son as their sacrifice and their savior. And they do something else. Good leaders of God's church are careful not to become the professional Christians who carry out all the ministry. I mean, they could, and, and to be honest, and I'm just a little measure of grace how I try to explain this, but. The leaders of the church, many of them are staff members. Remember, them. many of them work 40 plus hours a week. Many of them are here all the time. Many of them have the time to do these things. And so it would make sense to have them do all of this ministry because then things would be a little more cohesive, a little more streamlined. It might, might even be able to be a little bit more strategic. But But the problem is if it's just the leaders who are doing all of the ministry, at best we have a dysfunctional church. Why? Because as he says in verse 12, all of these gifts are given so that, verse 12, the saints might be equipped for the work of ministry. We need every part of the church doing its job. You must equip the saints for the work of ministry. That word equip is one of my favorite Bible words. The word equip is also used in the sense of fishing, So fishermen would come back after being out on the the water all day with their nets and they would sit on the dock and they would pull their nets in and they would inspect their nets and when they would find holes in their nets they would sit down and they would mend the nets together so the fish wouldn't just swim through the next day they went fishing. That word equip is to mend the nets. There's a medical connotation to it. It's used in the medical profession. You break a bone or dislocate a joint. Equip means to set that bone, to... Set that joint back to the right place. It has a a connotation when it comes to your home. It means to prepare a guest room, an outfit, a guest room with furniture for the people who would come in, live, dwell there, and be able to make that their, 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 their home. And so as we consider this word equip, what it means is the leaders of the church are responsible to prepare you for what is needed, to mend you back together where there's pieces that might be falling apart, and to send you back into the game fully furnished to accomplish what it is that God's called you to do. And what's the result? Paul says in verse 16, the church will build itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Every single one of us has received something for the benefit of the church. And when we use those abilities, we use those opportunities, and the church grows, and the church matures. And, 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 and Paul says when every individual part is working, every individual part is doing its job, then growth and maturity comes. But, but here comes a problem. A lot of us, a lot of us don't serve. A lot of us don't serve because, honestly, the the response that we get oftentimes is, I just don't know what my gift is. So I I find it remarkable that the Bible never tells us to figure out what our gift is. He just tells us to love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, outdo one another in showing honor. Now, please understand, uh, and, and I'm fully aware, during our membership class, we, uh, we, we offer a spiritual gift survey that might help you. That's all fine and good. But what you need to understand is that, that you don't need introspection or self-examination to come to an understanding of what your spiritual gift is. You are commanded to love, serve, help, encourage one another. And when you do those things, when you become active in those things, what you begin to see is how God has prepared you. What you need to understand is that God has placed you in this place, in his body, with intentionality, with purpose, and he's calling you to be busy about serving. And it doesn't matter what that looks like. It could look like a million different things. What's he called you to do? Pray with people. Read the Bible with people. Open the door for people. Make coffee for people. Serve in children's ministry. Serve in teenage ministry. Do a Bible study. It can be a bazillion different things. But as you serve, as you do the work, as you get involved, the body is stronger for it. So what would lead us to ask this question, if we're not as strong or mature as we're supposed to be as the body, what's keeping us from that goal? There's three options. One of them is a definitely no, right? So if there's three things we need, so, so here, let me say this. The first option is this, Jesus didn't give us the gifts we actually need. Wrong answer. Everybody heard me say that, right? Wrong answer. Jesus upheld his end of the deal. Second option. Second option. Maybe it has to do with the leadership. Uh, Let me me be very clear and careful um, as I speak to myself and to the leadership here at Uniontown Bible Church. We may... And probably do. need always have to do a better job at equipping so that we don't hog all the ministry to ourselves. Um, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. The third option is also possible. It may actually be that in all the busyness of life, in the competing demands of life, the career pressures, your family pressures... um, lacrosse, soccer, football, volleyball, bait—whatever whatever it is, maybe not every piece of the body is actually doing its part. And and what what this passage is teaching us is that everybody has a part to play. Everybody is needed. It's going to take every single part doing its job for the body to grow, to function the way it's supposed to. And, and, And let me be really clear. We can't afford to have some of you sit it out. The entire body is affected if you don't jump in. God has you here for a purpose, and we will never grow to where we're supposed to be. We'll never grow to maturity if you sit it out. So what I want to do this morning, again, like I said, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I have a, uh, the band is going to come on up, and then uh, a couple of the fellows are going to give me a hand with something. and, And I want to show you a picture, so come on. Band. Band. All right, I got this. I'm still waiting for Jeremy to do this. <laughs> Did we lose him? Hey, there he is. I was doing your leg kick for you, man. <laughs> so uh, in just a moment, um, this, is, this is the part that's completely different and completely out of control. And if you're a guest with us, this is us. Um, I want to leave you a picture of what we're talking about this morning. So we've asked a number of people who are out there right now to help us. And so, Jeremy, you ready? Here we go. All right. So this is what we're gonna say. You ready? We're gonna play a game together. So if you're gonna help us this morning, come on down. Woo! <laughs> Let me explain to you what's about to happen. See, every single person that is up here right now has been given the piece of a puzzle. And uh, we're going to see if they can beat first service, which I'm going to be honest, there were a few moments like, what? Um, So these guys got this. But right now, they're going to work together. So you're going to need to cheer them on. But they're going to work together to build the puzzle on the board. All right, you guys ready? All right, let's do this. First service. Nice. Uh, all right, you guys can go back to your seats. Thank you for your help. Go ahead back. We're going to talk for a second. They're amazing. And you know how a puzzle works, right? You get the piece and you're like, where does this one go? And you've got to compare it to other pieces and try to line it up and all that stuff. So they did a really good job. There's a small problem. <laughs> we're, we're missing two pieces, actually. Um, this one's got half of Lenny's face. Yeah, so we're missing two. So the problem is this. Two people didn't play. Would you you play, please? (laughs) Boo! So what happens, yeah, just make sure you put his head on straight this time. Close. (laughs) Not even close, that's all right. Here's the problem. You play, and you play, and you play, and you have your piece, and you're like, where does it go? I'm not sure where to put it. I'm trying to figure it out. And you work, and you work, and you work. And then, unfortunately, one person decides not to show up. Or, or worse, one person's like, yeah, nope. It doesn't matter how hard they work. Without this piece, they're never going to finish the puzzle. See, what, what it's supposed to look like is everybody doing their part. Huh. So that each of the parts of the body, work hard, try to get the pieces to fit together. And at the end of the day, go home and be like, there we go, just as he wanted. The problem is a lot of us are just sitting on our pieces. What are you doing with yours? What are you doing with yours? Father God, I thank you for your word. God, would you would you wake us up as your people? Would you remind us that what you have given to us is exactly what you designed, exactly what you intended, exactly what you wanted for this local expression of the body of Christ? God, I pray that there were, are men and women and boys and girls who are even sitting in this room right now who are feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit, reminding them that they have been richly blessed and graced beyond measure through the richness of Jesus Christ and that you have called them to serve one another, to love other people. God, would they get busy about doing that? God, I ask, I beg, and I pray that you would take Uniontown Bible Church and you would make it the healthiest, the strongest, the most faithful and obedient church that we can possibly be. God, I know that only happens when all of us play. So Father, help us to get in the game. For it's in Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. I love you guys. This morning, as you leave, try to find other puzzle pieces and stack some chairs. Love you guys. Have a great week.